Hey friends, Ellie here, and welcome to the Come and See podcast. This is a place where we'll gather to hear the real life stories of individuals from all around the globe. We'll talk about what it looks like for us to be transformed and renewed by Jesus while practically living out our faith. So no matter who you are, whether you're a college student chilling in your dorm, a parent trying to navigate nap time, or an employee waiting for the workday to end, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee, take a seat, and come and see. Hey friends, I know we've taken a little break between episodes, but I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this one because we have an amazing guest today. He is someone that I encountered through the podcasting world because he is a host of the Preach Christ podcast. Now, after listening to his entire season, I was very encouraged by the way that he lives out his faith through reading scripture, through preaching, and even just speaking encouragement into the lives of those around him. So without any more of an introduction, please welcome our guest, Norris Johnson II. Well, I am so excited because I had the deep privilege of hearing your podcast from a friend. They recommended it to me. And it's so cool because I was, I had the privilege of living abroad this summer in Guatemala. And while I was there, that impacted how I viewed your podcast and what you were sharing through scripture. And I didn't even think that was possible, but my friend shared how she was hearing scripture and hearing the topics that you discuss and her takeaway. Then I had the opportunity to share my takeaway and it was entirely different because we were both in different places. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to say first, thank you for joining us on the Come and See podcast, but also it's awesome that you are already sharing the good news of Jesus through your own podcast. Yeah. Oh man, that's, that's ridiculous. I've never, I've never, um, I've never even heard that people like recommended my podcast to other people and different things like that. Like the people that supported the podcast, cause I'm so inconsistent with it. The people that support, <laughs> I'm fixing that. I'm fixing that. By the time it's this okay. comes out, it'll be it's fixed. Okay. no, no, no. But, um, the people that listen to it are, are more so like, uh, friends of mine or like different things of that nature. So like, just to hear how that impacted you, and just even the times where I will sit in here and like create them um, midway through it, you kind of get discouraged sometimes. Cause it's like, all right, where, like, you know, <laughs> where yes. am I going with this? I listen to so many other people yeah. um, and just listen to how they do it. And I'm like, man, like, you know, is this, is this really helping somebody? So to just yeah. hear that, that really blessed you and that, and that, that really helped you kind of is like an indicator to me that nothing is wasted. That yeah. God is using everything, uh, yeah. even the things that I consider insignificant while I'm doing them, you know? And so that just, that just blessed my life. Thank you so much. So like in my context, I grew up, uh, in a non-denominational church. Um, I'm in my church right now. Uh, my dad is, my dad is uh, my pastor, my dad and my mom, they pastor together. Um, we are a five-fold ministry. So we believe in apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, you know, all that, all that yeah. stuff. Um, and uh, we operate in like the weird things. Um, I didn't think they were weird when I was a child, yes. but as I grew older, 
everybody called us weird, you know, yeah. we speak in tongues, we prophesy, we lay hands on the sick and all those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, cast out devils and all that stuff. And so when I grew up, I grew up in that. Um, I grew up seeing unusual things. I grew up seeing stuff that nothing could ever make me believe that God is not real mm. because of the stuff I've seen. You know, if I choose to just do my own thing, then that then that will be that. But I will never come out of my mouth and say, God isn't real. All of this stuff is fake. I've seen too much, too many supernatural things. Wow. I've seen things I cannot describe to you. I cannot define. I've seen, you know, I, I couldn't say deliverance isn't real. I couldn't say yeah. demons aren't real. I've seen too much. Like, you know, you know, yeah. uh, I can't say healing's not real. I've seen too much. I watched my uncle who had his vertebrae shattered. A wall unit fell on his head, shattered his vertebrae. Um, at the exact moment, his vertebrae was shattered. There was a young man that died whose vertebrae matched his. And so while they were on... Um, while they were taking him into the hospital, they went on the elevator and on the elevator, they met a person that was just the right person to perform the surgery. He just, just so happened to be on the elevator. Um, he performed the surgery, gave my uncle a new spine, I think vertebrae. And um, they told him he would never walk again, like permanent nerve damage and permanent, all that stuff. Like he would never, ever, ever walk again. So we would go, um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a miracle that he was alive. He was dead broke miracle that he was alive um and we would go and we would we would help him wash himself we would bring him to church like i would watch my mom take care of him he yeah. could not move you know what i'm saying um and so you know we would do all those things um and in a in one service we prayed for him and i watched him get up and run around the church what? you know out of out of the out of the wheelchair out of all of that then after that he went to settlement for millions of dollars and becomes a millionaire. This is the same uncle, um, um, a month before that, I asked him for a dollar. I watched him open his wallet and dust came out, you know? Um, so not only did God restore his health, God restored his life, you know? Wow. And so, and so like, I saw stuff like that growing up. So like, you know, you can never tell me God wasn't real. Yeah. And so, um, but in circles like that, in movements like that, where like, you see the miraculous, you see different demonstrations of things like prophecy and all those things. I have a, I have a very strong prophetic gift. My father does. We, we all kind of operate in that. So like, I've, you know, I flow in that stuff. Um, and so just seeing all of that and seeing all those things, I think what I never understood about God was that I never understood how the Holy Spirit actually worked. I was filled with the Holy Spirit at like 11 years old. I was speaking in tongues. And yeah. all those things. Um, and I just thought he came to do that. Like I thought he came, you know, just to make me saved. And yeah. so now, so now I don't go to hell, but I didn't know he was my helper. And so when I turned 16, uh, I started doing drugs, lost my virginity, uh, started getting drunk all the time, all those things. Mind you, I'm still in church, very powerful ministry, very powerful parents. They still couldn't see what I was doing. Um, I was getting drunk every weekend, smoking all the time from 16 till 22. I was preaching when I started my ministry. I was preaching, still sleeping around, still smoking, still doing all those things, all of that, um, battling with drugs really badly. I grew up in a culture that told you come out of sin, you know, live holy, all those things. Yeah. And nobody ever told you how. 
And nobody ever said that the Holy Spirit comes to do that. Yeah. That you can't live right on your own. That literally his power comes into you to help you to make the right decisions. So getting saved and coming into this life of Christ is not about behavior modification. It's not about restraints. It's literally about his power through you working best when you are the weakest. When I learned that it shifted my whole perspective of all of this. You know, when I learned that I can't kill my flesh, mm -hmm. he does that. The Bible says that he nailed your passions in all of your things to the cross when he died. Like I, I now have, what happens with me now is I now have the choice to choose those things. He's giving yeah. me the choice to make the decision. So now the Bible says to yield your body as instruments of righteousness, to yield it. That means just give it over. You're not doing the work of that. He's killing it. You just yield it. I didn't know how I got there. Like, <laughs> have, you yeah. ever, have, have you ever have you ever been driving and like, you know, you're driving and you get home and you don't know how you got home? Yeah. Like you were kind of just spaced the whole time. And I would do that. I would just I would just find myself in those places because my natural body would just drive me to those places. Um, and I didn't know why I just couldn't stop those things. And it wasn't until I learned about what the Holy Spirit really comes to do that he doesn't just come to make you speak in tongues. He doesn't just come to make you have power or to do all those things. He comes to partner with you to live a righteous life. Because aside from him, you can't do it. That's literally what his grace is. His grace is not mercy. His grace is empowerment. Mercy is mercy. You know, the mercy of God kept us from dying when we should have, or kept us from being killed when we lied one time or something of that nature. But the grace of God empowers you to not live a life of lying, to not live a life of stealing, to not, to not, to not, to not live a life contrary to what he desires and what he wills for us. And so once I understood that, it changed the way that I preach, it changed the way that I help people, it, cha it changed the way that I counsel. It's impossible to even counsel people if you have no proper understanding of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I definitely relate to, oh my goodness, so much, so much of what you're saying, because yeah. I think, actually, I don't even think I've seen through my life and through those around me that mm. when we don't understand what it looks like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I'm talking like very practical, like when yes. we have not experienced him as a person, not even just like along the lines of ministry or how we love people, but when it's just one person and the Holy Spirit, if they have not experienced him mm. in his fullness, then there's, there's like no question as to why there's this gap of, you know, why do we keep choosing sin or why do we go to this or why do we go to that? Mm -hmm. And I would say that it's very hard to talk about something you've never experienced. And so wow. if we talk about, I think growing up in my own life, I saw how people were not active in living with the Holy Spirit and they were not living in freedom and they were not living in this grace and they were not living in it. So what was said was different from what was embodied but naturally mm. we are like our community. And so I did the exact same thing. And I think that is similar to what you were saying as hearing about the Holy Spirit, but not actually living in the power that he's given us. I have a, I have a strong frustration <laughs> with yes. people who are not practical. 
Yes. Like a lot of these things, it's okay. So it's especially growing up in, in the charismatic side, like I did. Um, a lot of things just weren't practical. Like I yeah. can't, I don't know how to even conceptualize what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're talking about realms, dimensions, all this type of stuff. Okay. How do I like handle going to class while I'm in high school? Like, how do I handle, you know, how do I handle negative things that are coming in my mind? How do I handle tormenting thoughts? How do I, how do I build a devotional life step-by-step? Step? How do I, you know, all those things. So like, it's, I think, I think people have to learn how to live with the Holy Spirit practically day by day, because he's a person, he's God and he's God like in you. It's, it's easy to function in a gift. I have a very strong gift of speaking. Yeah. I didn't know I did till I was in high school and I did like this talent show thing that I, that I should have won. I got robbed. And yes. I hope, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, uh, you know, uh, that's when I learned, like, I can move a crowd. Wow. And it's, and it's, and it's natural. Like I can really move a crowd. I'll be natural. I mean, um, not natural. I'll be nervous before I speak, but the second, the, the literal second I touch the mic, yep. all of that is gone. Like I, I have a real gift to captivate people. I know when I've captivated you. I know when I'm losing you. I know when I'm taking you somewhere. Yeah. I know when, I, you know, you know, all those things. I learned that as a gift. So the gift just comes. But the second I learned Holy Spirit and learned how to live with him. Yeah. That gift became paired with anointing, you know, and then he was able to minister through me. That gift is never supposed to stand on, uh, stand on its own. God wants to anoint that which he gave us. Recently, through the, throughout the past year, I've really learned a lot more about how when we pray for gifts, they come with the Holy Spirit, like they are mm -hmm. the fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And what's interesting is as powerful as the gifts that we have with the Holy Spirit, as powerful as they are, they are also very dangerous without him. All of a sudden I started seeing, oh, like when I speak to someone, I have to understand that this is a gift both for me and for them and wow. gifts come with a cost. And so I really learned about understanding how important it is that we see that it is from the Holy Spirit and it's not from us. That's so good. It was definitely hard to learn. It was very humbling when no. we realize it's not from ourselves, but from him. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like in my life, he's made me, he's made me understand that. Like, yeah. like, like for instance, like I told you, I have a gift to talk or speak or whatever, but when I preach, um, so I'm like, I'm not like a normal preacher. Like I don't have my four points, yeah. like, you know, the PowerPoint, like when I go and speak places and like, they ask me, you know, so do you got, do you got like slides you want to show them? Like, mm-mm. <laughs> It's like, I, I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, well, what, 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 do you have a scripture? Well, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, yep. you know, but like, I, um, I don't preach with notes or anything like that. Like I, I just go up with my Bible. Yeah. And, um, it's come from a life of studying, but it's also like, it's just, I preach by revelation. And so God to give me a concept. Like for instance, I preached a message called the right season, um, a couple of weeks ago. I think. Yeah. And um, that message was, was just basically talking about how God has already placed us in the right season, but we have to submit and yield ourselves so that we can operate the way that he wants us to 
and um, do the things that he's called us to do. Like a lot of times we're waiting on a moment, we're waiting on uh, time to catch up or any or things of that nature, but God has set us already in the right time. We're just not submitted. The second we say yes to God, our season starts, the right time, the right season starts. And so God has made me submit my gift to him because if I don't completely go off what Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to bomb drastically. I don't yeah. care how gifted I am. Yeah. I'm going to bomb drastically. And so he made me um, literally yield my gift to him from the start of my ministry. From my very first time, I couldn't just get up there and do what I want to do. I had to really rely on him and say, take this ability I have to capture an audience and minister to your people. Like you have to say something because I don't know what I'm doing. I have a concept. I've read all night. I've, I've, I've wrote all night, but I literally don't know what I'm going to do until you tell me. And so I've had to like submit that to him. And so it's made me be reverential. If that was even a word, I hope that was a word. People are watching. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> I had to, I had to have more reverence. There it is for the yep. gift that he gave me. You know, I had to, I had to approach every assignment to preach with reverence, even though I was struggling back then. I never played around with God. I would always cry and like just weep. Cause I just felt like I would just wasn't, I wasn't enough. I, 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 I knew what I was battling with mm. and I didn't want to play with God like that. I felt like he would kill me, you know, if I did something crazy. Now, now of course I have different understanding now, but yeah. that's just, that's just how I felt because I'm, I feel like I'm playing with the most holy and sacred assignment I could ever have. I'm speaking on behalf of God. I'm persuading you on behalf of God. Every comma better be right. From your perspective, you grew up knowing that God was God like the yeah. one true God, fully, holy, fully glorious and true glory. And what's interesting is I grew up understanding that as a concept, but I didn't actually believe it. And so what's yeah. interesting is you may have chosen sin, but you also had this almost stopping point where you said, I'm choosing sin, but I will not say that God is not God. Whereas I felt as if I grew up choosing sin, but saying mm, he might not be God and all of these things and going back and forth. And yeah, although we have seasons like that, what's very dangerous is when we don't believe the goodness of the gospel, when we don't believe the good news that God is the true God and he has gifted us Jesus and he has given us the Holy Spirit is we also don't believe the other side where sin is deadly and things come with a cost. And so I grew up not believing that Jesus would bring freedom. Jesus has good news. There's hope for us as humans. I didn't believe that. And then I also didn't believe sin is deadly. Secrets mm. come with a cost. I've wow. been so grateful as God has in his mercy, because he is so merciful that he would allow me to have the space to come to that realization of who he really is. And I say that he is merciful because 
everything he speaks to responds. So if he tells the waves to stop, they instantly, without a split hesitant, they stop. And if he tells the rocks to cry out in praise, they'll do it. But then when he calls me and says, Ellie, I want you to go and share the gospel. And I say, no, I'm like what type or what kind of a true God would not instantly respond in, I don't know, just that, that everything he speaks to responds, but we as humans can say no and him not instantly respond in a way of like anger or true justice where we do wrong things, but true instead justice. gives us space to, to realize we were wrong, but to also have the freedom to come to him. It's beyond, beyond That's imagination. Crazy. That's Romans one right there, you know? That's Romans one, where Paul says, you know, um, where he's like, you know, they knew that he was God, but they refused to acknowledge him as God or yeah. even give him thanks. You know, they instead, he says, they instead thought of ridiculous ideas of what God was like, mm -hmm. you know? And um, he said, they know that these sins deserve death, yeah, but they still do them. And yet they encourage others to do them. It's like they take God's God's mercy as a joke. And a lot of, you know, that might be off to say, but I think a lot of times people don't think God is real because God hasn't really shown them true judgment yet. If you knew in high, in, in, in high school that this F you're going to get in this class is like going to affect everything down the line, yeah. you would have done something different. It's because yeah. the the pain of that decision won't hit you for years to come. You know, it's almost like it's no consequence at all. If God responded to everything wicked that we do, there would be nobody on earth that would deny his reality. There'd be nobody on earth that denies his reality. And so I think, you know, that's probably what the Bible says. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that, that shall he also reap. Never think God is just letting you skate by. Never think God is just letting you skate by. And so just, yeah, like understanding he's real, but understanding sin is deadly and secrets come with a cost. <laughs> that is so powerful. The secrets yeah. come with a cost. I think secrets are like the devil's superpower. I yeah. think he uses our secrets against us. Whatever, whatever we hold in secret is our stronghold. That's a stronghold. A stronghold is like a cave with a rock over it, something that hides stuff and that fortifies the stuff it's hiding. And our secrets are our strongholds. Okay, I had someone who is totally a follower of Jesus. They're so encouraging. They really live it out. I remember talking to them and I'm saying all of these things. I'm like, I'm struggling and I keep turning to sin and I'm anxious, but the Bible says not to worry. And they said, <laughs> Ellie, I know for real. And I'm like sitting here going yeah. through this circle of just confusion and God is not a God of confusion. And so it's mm -hmm. obviously not the way of Jesus, but they're so graceful. And they said, Ellie, what if this is a stronghold? And I said, what? And they said, a stronghold is something that is in your life. It's not just this moment where you trip up or it's not this failure of just being human. It's a stronghold where the enemy may have territory in your life. He may have a thought or a word that's just concrete it like plays on repeat in your mind and so I remember walking through 
And it was actually like how scripture says that what we do does bring consequences, both good and bad. And it was actually the root of something that someone said caused this whole line of just anxiety in my life. And it was them, I know it was them saying that this is a stronghold, but not just that it wasn't even placed by you. And I think there's this beautiful opportunity as followers of Jesus to ask him, where are the strongholds in my life? Because sometimes it's, it's our choice where we have chosen something. We have chosen to give the enemy space. We have failed. But I think something I want to talk about is there are moments where the generation before us has placed the stronghold in our life and we are living in it, acting as if it was our choice, but it wasn't. And so from your perspective and from your place now, what is something that you want to say to both the generation that came before you and the generation that's coming up after you? Wow, such a deep question. (laughs) What I would say to the generation after me, which is actually Generation Z, my baby sister. Uh, <laughs> I am. Um, I was born in 1994. I'm the last of the millennials. Yeah, uh, I'm in I that just, generation. You're speaking to me. Yeah. What I would say to you guys is listen to the wisdom that comes from the generation before, but ignore the trauma. Ignore the trauma. Ignore the wisdom that's based in trauma. And what I mean by that is, um, I feel like the generation that came before me, which is Generation X, which is my father, um, I think the generation that came before me, they are, they were more believing. They were more, you you didn't have to, you didn't have to explain to them why. You just told them, God is real. Okay. Don't, don't, don't do drugs. It's just bad. You know, okay. My generation, we're going to ask you why we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be inquisitive. We're going to listen. We're going to try to figure out, okay, so why? Like, that don't make sense. Well, we're not the see, we're not the do as I say, and not as I do generation. We're going to do as you do, you know, and we're going to point out when what you do doesn't match what you say. I think generation Z is a little different because generation Z has no regard for anything sacred anything you know and 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 i'm not speaking neg- bad or anything like that i'm just speak, stating facts yeah. they have no regard for anything sacred anything holy or anything of that nature um we see it in the degradation that even that's even coming through music um the celebration of everything toxic um just just there is no real regard for anything sacred there's no respect for elders they'll cuss out a grandma They'll kick an old lady, you know, different things of that nature. And so what I think that the generation after me, Generation Z, really should do is listen to the wisdom that comes from those before, but ignore any wisdom that is based in trauma. You know, if your mom is telling you all men are cheaters or something of that nature, that's not wisdom. That's true wisdom. That's wisdom that's based in trauma. Um, but listen to the wisdom that came before. and Don't be afraid to have a fear for God, to have a true fear for God in in his standard, in his way, and what he desires. 
I think that I think that Generation Z is the most witty generation. I think I think that they have the capabilities of being the most powerful. Like just even look at what they're doing with seven second, 10 second videos. They're, they're changing and re revolutionizing the world off clips. All the things that are happening right now. Um, and I think once that generation completely submits and yields to God for real, the God that is clearly defined by scripture, I think that is the generation that's gonna turn the world upside down. But if they refuse to listen, in a <laughs> wow, in a Romans one, when Paul is talking about the condition of man, I think a part of what he's saying is has to do with Generation Z as well. It says they were filled, and this is Romans one chapter twenty nine. I'm looking at the English Standard Version, but it says they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness. That means envy. That means uh, uh, desiring the life of others. That's all we do on social media. We desire the life of others. It literally creeps up on us. We don't even we don't even outwardly say that. We just desire it. We want that. I see that. I see that they just went on a uh, vacation to Cabo. I want to go to Cabo. I see that you just got a G wagon. I want a G wagon. I want diamonds. I want all those things um, that don't even match who I am. But it's just a strong spirit of covetousness. It's they were filled with unrighteousness. Nothing is righteous evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, uh, maliciousness. They are gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, which means that they're creating new ways to produce evil. They're inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, which means that they won't listen to wisdom or sound instruction that comes from somebody that's been here longer. Um, disobedient to parents. Foolish. Foolish. And this type of foolishness that, that the Bible's talking about is foolishness that thinks that it's wise. Mm -hmm. So people that think or claim to have insurmountable wisdom are really foolish because the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. That's what Proverbs says. The fear yeah. of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if I have no fear of God, I don't even have anything to start to learn from. Yeah. You know, um, the fear, uh, so foolishness, faithlessness, heartless, heartless. There's a coldness. There's a ruthlessness. I'm out to get mine. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Push, push, push. There's no true value placed on relationships, anything of that nature. Heartlessness, ruthlessness. It says, though they know God's righteous decree, um, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. I think that that is the guidelines for the generation that we're looking at now um, because it's no holes barred. And I think where it starts from is the fear of God. When the fear of God comes into this generation, all of those things will begin to shift. There'll be an honor for those that came before, and there'll be a way and a path made for those that are going to come next, which is Generation Alpha. Please don't follow what you see in the world. There is, there is, there is now a move, I believe, where people want God, but they don't want definition. Yeah. Generation Z is very spiritual. I posted a video on TikTok 
of a man getting healed. God stretched out his arm. It was a real thing. I was standing there recording it, staring at the man, trying to make sure he wasn't lying. Yeah. And uh, God grew out his arm. And the whole conference, you know, I, I was at a conference when this happened. The whole conference, I kept saying, you know, miracles never go viral. Only scandals do. Miracles never go viral. If a pastor does a miracle, doesn't go viral. A pastor sleep, cheats on his wife, it's going to go viral. I said, scandals only go viral. And just kept saying that the whole conference. When we were in service, there was healing that was getting ready to happen. Holy Spirit told me, pull out your phone. You're about to see a miracle. Mm. I pull out my phone. I record. I'm dead on the people. Like, I'm... Yeah. And God grows out this young man's arm. I talked to the young man after. His arm grew out. He had a mild case of scoliosis. His yeah. spine was disproportionate. And so um, God aligned his spine. I posted that on TikTok. It went viral. But most of the comments were negative. People were making mention videos of it and um, just slandering and saying God's not real. You know how easy it is for a man to just do whatever, you know, all this stuff, which I, which I understood. But in that same token, as I scroll up on TikTok, I see lives, lives, like TikTok lives of, that are, that are literally promoting witchcraft. Like I see literal witches, people with tarot cards, reading, uh, doing your zodiac signs, giving you readings uh, with the moon and the stars behind them and different things of that nature. And it's thousands of people in the live. Um, now my video comes up and it says, for those of y'all that don't think God is real, this man had scoliosis and now blank, blank, blank. Uh, they, 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 they literally cuss me out. I scroll up, they're all in the witches lives because they want spirituality they just don't want jesus because with jesus comes a definition and this generation does not want any definitions they don't want it on gender they don't want it on family they don't want it on anything everything is slowly but surely becoming undefinable This generation does not want the definition of God. They just want the spiritual side. They want access to that, but they don't want any form of definition because they don't want any form of accountability. If Jesus is real, then what he said is real. If what he said is real, I have to align my life to what he said. So I don't just get God, I get his standard. So when Paul says they're haters of God, it's not that people are out here screaming out, I hate God. A lot of them think they love him. They hate God's standard. And we don't understand that if I hate his standard, I hate him. If I hate what he comes with, I hate who he is. If you're a woman, you have kids and you're not married. And then you meet this guy and this guy's like, I love you. I adore you, but I cannot stand your kids. You don't like me. Because when yeah. you get me, you're going to get what comes with me. And if you, you cannot love me and dislike things that make me me, you know. And so God... God comes with the definition. The generation really doesn't want that definition. And they really don't have a fear of him. Mm. I believe that everything will change once we get just a few people that grab a hold to God and stubbornly hold on to him, despite what people are saying, despite what people are thinking, and, and realize you're not a lost generation, despite what people are saying. And what I would say to the older generation is 
Watch what you've said. Watch what you speak. A lot of times people are fighting curses that they spoke on their children. Ooh, oh my gosh. That is you know? so true. <laughs> people are fighting curses that they spoke on their children. You know, why did you never speak life into him? We're going to be fighting against what we're speaking. You called them bad so much that now they're getting arrested. Now they're doing all those things. You're fighting against the curses that you spoke. You're fighting against the things that you spoke over their lives. The generation before has to, has to learn to watch their words, yeah. has to speak life, and also has to listen and understand everybody isn't trying to kick against the grain or like just, you know, be negative or anything of that nature. Everybody isn't doing that. Everybody isn't fighting against um, or uh, trying to destroy what came before. There are people, there are children that genuinely want and desire God. Yeah. Give them God. Just don't give them any of your stuff that you added on to him. Don't throw away, speaking to the younger generation, don't throw away everything that came before. Please hold on to the pillars and the foundation that built us and got us to where we are now. They're yeah. there for a reason. Don't eradicate things that are old just because it seems outdated to you. It might be outdated in its makeup, but its foundation does not age. I believe that revival is the convergence of generations. They're like generations coming together. Like, I don't believe, I don't, I don't, I don't like to say that it's my time now, you know, as far as like, cause, cause my dad, my dad is my pastor. Yeah. Um, I, I preach or whatever people come when I preach, people come when he preaches, but I, I, I would never get up and say my time is now because he's still alive, you wow. know? So I, I would say it's my time too, yeah. because as long as he's still alive and as long as the generation before us is still alive. God has purpose and use for them. And the purpose is for us to come together and totally blend and use the generations. God doesn't want to use one generation at a time. God wants to use every generation. He's still allowed to be on earth. It is true. God definitely wants to use each generation. Everyone. And the most awesome thing that relates back to what we started with is we all share the same Holy Spirit. And yeah. so there are going to be moments where I'm sitting with someone who's older and I might think, oh my goodness, how does this person relate to me? I have no clue how they're even going to understand what Jesus is doing in my life. Come and on. I have the opportunity to complain or to just do what my generation does best and just like cancel them and not listen. Hmm. But in that moment, I cancel. listen to the Holy Spirit and I say, wait a second, this person has the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And I have the same one. And so even if I don't like a hundred percent of what they're saying, I need yeah. to be, do what you say, be quiet, listen and say, and ask the Holy spirit, like, what are you speaking through this person? And so like everything changed and things that were unseemly became seemly things that were taboo became normalized. Yeah. And then things that were normalized became crime. It became a crime for you to say certain things now. They are in the book of Judges, the last verse 
of the last book, I mean, uh, the, the, the last chapter of Judges say, and in that time, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Wow. It's the last verse of the book of Judges. The last thing it says before it shifts into the next thing. And everybody did what was right in their own eyes. That's scary. That's scary. But that's the time that we live in. There is no king. Right? And so the judges period ends, there is no king. It says at that time, Israel had no king. And so everybody did what was right in their own eyes. When I eliminate King Jesus, everybody does what is right in their own eyes. When I put Jesus there, he goes against some things that I think are right in my eyes. Yeah, that's just, that's just my cry, my heart uh, for this generation. And I know that God is gonna use this generation to spark revival, to spark change. It's going to happen. Yeah. Literally have the tools. It's going to happen. It is what it is. Wow. Oh, I relate to so much because I'm in that generation. But also that is my prayer too, as a person that is in a different generation and different season. I see everyone did what was right in their own eyes. But then by the revelation of jesus he says there's a way that seems right to man but it actually leads to death and what i would share with all my peers is like you will not feel it you know when i get up for work i don't feel like going to work i don't feel like responding nicely to people i don't feel getting reading scripture and it's not even about the conversation because i think if we talk about oh well when are we going to feel following jesus when are we going to feel this when am i going to feel courage you're not. That's not the focus. Like we have to look at Jesus and say, do I believe what he says? Do I believe that, that when I'm reading his word and it says that it's true, that I can trust that. Do I believe that the older generation has wisdom and has truth from, from them walking faithfully with him. And so that's what I see in my generation. That's what I want the next generation to understand is that even if you don't feel it, it can still be true. And even further than that, like my generation is rooting for them as well. Cause I think, like mm-hmm. you said, we're speaking so many things and I even hear my peers say, Oh, well, the next generation is just, and it's like, stop. Like if anything you say is not rooted in scripture and it is not calling them to who Jesus has already said they are, then mm-hmm. like, I pray the Lord silences us because the damage has already been done of what it looks like to speak without wisdom and you're in that generation like you're in it you're talking about what you're in i can't stand when people that are like in ministry like me and my age get up and like you know you young people bro we are all them like we're them we're talking to us you know what i'm saying i'm 27 dag i am 27 oh my goodness i'm almost 30 (laughs) but wow oh Mm. but like you know Speak to them like you're a part of them. Yeah. Stop creating this distance, this 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 hierarchy that doesn't need to be there. You're not Absolutely. better, you're not greater. Absolutely. If that generation is going down, you're going down. So and at the hey. very least, the image of God is on them. So take Come it on. to him. Take it to him. Period. You're talking about somebody kids. That's what I'm saying. Oh, don't mess with him. Yeah. You're talking, talking uh, about somebody kids now. Oh my god. I talk about my children. I don't care how bad my children are. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Get mouth off my babies. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, yeah. do you have any other words of wisdom? I have appreciated all that you've shared. 
oh, truly man. inspired by the Holy Spirit. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, no, I don't, I don't have any other words, but just give God everything and just watch what happens. Girl, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on Oh here. my goodness. This is just awesome. Guys, I am leaving this conversation with Norris. So encouraged, yet humbled, excited, yet exposed. Oh, he just spoke directly to my generation as well as those that have come before me and the generation after me. And I am so grateful that you have joined us to talk about faith and what it looks like to practically live in step with the Holy Spirit and to give wisdom inspired by scripture. That is just awesome. I'm so encouraged. And if you are like me and you want to hear more of Norris's wisdom that he's learned through scripture, you can go ahead and check out his podcast, Preach Christ, or you can follow him on his ministry and the pages that he has through social media by looking up Norris Johnson II. Thank you so much for joining me today. Go in peace and join us next time when we come and see 